Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode 55. I am fresh off a freezing cold run this morning. (laughs) So I'm excited to kind of talk about the topic for today. And it's the holidays. If you're listening to this in real time, it is actually Thursday, just a couple days before Christmas. And over the last week, I've had conversations with like oh gosh, probably a dozen of my clients. And the topic or the theme of the holidays and training has been basically the number one thing that everybody wants to talk about. So it only makes sense that we would talk about it here because I have a couple tips that I want to share with you as to how you can kind of go about successfully navigating the holidays and training and come out the other side feeling really good instead of, you know, really shitty and beating yourself up over it like a lot of us do. And you can't see me, but sometimes I'm over here raising my hand. (laughs) Like, um, So I want to tell you a quick story about um, a situation that happened in our household last weekend that kind of demonstrates, I think, a situation that's pretty common with a lot of people. So uh, two weeks ago now, my husband and I traveled over to Portsmouth to go visit some family and go to this outdoor light display. And, you know, my sister-in-law really undersold this thing. She basically was like, yeah, it's like an outdoor light display and we're just going to walk around and look at the lights. And she had gone the previous year and, you know, it was mostly for the kids. And she said, yeah, it's going to be fun. Don't worry. But she, like I said, she really undersold this thing. It was epic, you guys. Um, it was a mile long walk through an organic vegetable farm. So like during the rest of the year, it's an active farm that kind of converts into this holiday display with over 750,000 lights. I mean, it was pretty epic. Um, and this opinion is coming from someone whose family growing up used to go like full on Clark Griswold (laughs) Christmas decoration. So I was pretty impressed. Um, If you check out my Instagram feed, I'll post a couple pictures from it um, just to kind of show you guys what it was like. But it was awesome. And I'm so glad we went because we had so much fun, but we almost didn't go. Part of it was scheduling and part of it was, you know, I I need to do training. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard, but I have this big scary goal for 2022, which is to run the Tahoe 200. And in order to accomplish that, I really have to step up my training. One of the things I talked about in a previous episode was how this whole idea of what got you here won't take you there. And while everything I've read and heard and talked to, you know, previous 200 mile finishers about would lead me to believe that 200 training isn't so much wildly different than training for 100, but there are some other elements, some other factors that are going to come into play with Tahoe 200 that I don't, I don't know about, like, you know, altitude and the elevation change, which I don't really have a problem with elevation change. The altitude might be a problem. So, you know, fingers crossed, we'll see, but the elevation is going to be difficult for me to get because I have to do a lot of my training in the winter here in New Hampshire and access to the White Mountains while it is there, they're going to be covered in snow and ice. So this is like a a massive tangent, but I have this big goal, (laughs) this big scary goal. And in order to accomplish that goal, I'm going to have to step up my training. And so I've started now because even though the race isn't for another six months, 
the time to start is now. <laughs> like you can't, I can't be putting this shit off. So, you know, uh, over the years I've developed a routine that really works well for me. Two days of running during the week and back-to-back long runs on the weekend. And this strategy has really paid off well for me in the past, but it doesn't always align with, you know, sort of like the typical weekend stuff like day trips or fun outings and holiday parties. And in the past, I've just sacrificed a lot of fun, (laughs) a lot of fun in the name of training. And that's my perspective, my take on it. I don't think that you have to, but I'm just like really type A, slightly OCD, (laughs) like to have all my ducks in a row and want to be sure that I have done everything possible in order to get myself across the finish line, happy, healthy, and in one piece. So that's what I, those, that's the decision that I made to sacrifice some fun in the name of training. It's not to say that I don't like fun, although my husband would probably tell you otherwise, but (laughs) I have decided not to do that as much this time around. And so I've made the decision that I kind of want the best of both worlds, all the training and all of the fun. And my guess is that you guys want those things too, which is why I want to like share the story with you. So, you know, I had to do some reworking of my training schedule and shift around my days in order to get all of the miles in that were scheduled for me this past week without sacrificing being able to go to this light display. So I want to kind of share three tactics that I use pretty regularly And I know that they'll be especially helpful to you if you feel like your training is getting hijacked by the holidays or, you know, just in general. We're going to talk about it in under the context of the holidays, but these three tips can be used at any point. And I really think they should be like, I'm really couching this as, you know, how to not let your training get hijacked by the holidays. But this is just in general, how not to let your training get hijacked on the regular. All right. So tip number one is work the plan. And this phrase that always pops up in conversations with people about training plans is something that I say all the time. And that's basically that your training plan is a living document. I've said this at least twice a day, every day for the last week, (laughs) because I'm doing my one-on-one calls with the winter reboot crew. And I've had a lot of clients request to do uh, like 30 minute consultations with me just to help get them um, like primed and ready to go for the upcoming year. So these are like past clients that I've worked with previously that are kind of um, not, they're not actively working with me now because they're just taking like some rest time, but they want to just check in, have some accountability and some support. They're working on their own training plans and they want to just kind of like know that they're on the right path. And We've talked about training plans a lot here on the show, and I don't think I've ever actually said that your training plan should be a living document, but that's what I think. I think it should be something that is not set in stone, and if that's how you view it or if that's how your coach views it, then I think you're really in trouble. Um, It really should morph and evolve with you over time, and that is year over year, but also month over month, week over week, day over day. It should allow for you to do all of the things like have fun, get sick, go on a weekend trip for some R&R with friends and family. Like it most certainly should not dominate every waking second of your day. 
But that training plan should never just be this thing that you print off the internet or this thing that you get from your coach and it's set in stone. So when it comes to specifically the holidays, I always try to plan it so that I have a down week or two around the height of the holiday season. And that way the training expectations align with the reality of everyday life, right? I, again, I kind of go back to all these conversations that I've been having this week with people about, you know, it's like, end of Q4, like if you work in a business and, uh, or if you own your own business and you're responsible for sales or financials, like it's Q4, Q4 is closing. (laughs) The horizon is coming. You must meet your deadlines. And that's like pretty stressful for people. Not to mention if you're traveling or if you have family coming, you have presents to buy and wrap. You're praying for the Amazon guy to show up like daily and make those magical deliveries so that you have everything in time. There is probably not going to be a lot of time for training. And so it's unrealistic to expect that you're going to spend 25 hours the week of Christmas doing your training. So you have to accommodate for that, right? The training expectation should align with the reality of everyday life. And that goes for every freaking week, you guys. Like if you get this plan and you start to work it, I'm, I'm off on a tangent now, but If you get this plan off the internet or from your coach and you start to work it for the first couple of weeks and you either exceed it or you don't meet it by a sizable amount, it should be, it should be switched. Like it should be updated. It should morph and grow with you. It shouldn't just be static. Um, And I'm off on another kind of tangent here, but you should be going back and looking at that plan and, and actually making it, like I said, a living document, updating it to reflect what you've actually done so that it really shows you the scope of the work that you have completed. And it can also show you where you may fall short or where you need to actually put in some extra time and effort. And it might lead you to figuring out, you know, um, I always I always push this Wednesday run to Thursday. Let's just make it Thursday now, right? That that expectation is going to align with reality. So set yourself up for success way in advance by working your plan or working your plan with your coach, like having some discussions to adjust for the realistic amount of time that you'll be able to to devote to training per day, whether that's 20 minutes or two hours. And again, that goes for all the time, but especially during the holidays. And if you have more time or you find it, like things don't take as long as you might have expected, that's great. Like do another shakedown, do a little bit of mobility, take a walk around the block, like run around in the yard, you know, all those things eventually add up and help to boost your training. So The last thing you want to do is feel crunched for time in all of these areas, training, work, home life, holiday prep, all the things, right? So make sure that you work the plan, that you don't let it like work you over, all right? The second tip that I kind of want to share with you is... Hmm. It's like common sense and 
it, I don't know. I'm tempted to say that it's like an unpopular opinion, even though you know you should do it. But it kind of ties in with a third thing, and I should just tell you what it is. But basically, tip number two is show up and do the work. Now, it's super obvious that you should show up and do the work, but I think it's going to be tempting to blow off your workouts in favor of catching up on shopping, wrapping presents, watching a Christmas story for the millionth time with your family, right? But if you show up and do the training as it's planned on your schedule, keeping in mind that you've worked the plan ahead of time so that the expectation, the training expectation aligns with reality, you'll be less stressed in the long run about all things. So one of the biggest obstacles that you'll face on your path to kind of achieving your goals is these things that come up called feelings. (laughs) I made a post about this the other day, but stuff like, I don't feel like it, or I don't want to. And while I will fully admit to saying one or more of those phrases almost daily sometimes, I still show up and do the work, even if my feelings are screaming (laughs) to the contrary. Um, And one of the tricks that I use to help me overcome the I don't want to's is actually a question. And it's a little bit of a forethought. And it was going to require you to kind of use your prefrontal cortex, like your forward thinking brain. And I ask myself, how will I feel about this decision tomorrow? So if I choose to skip the workout, how will I feel about not having done it the following day? Now, A lot of times you might think, you might be listening to this now, and you might think, I'll be fine with it. (laughs) It totally makes sense. I don't have time. I don't need to do it. I don't this. I don't that. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. All the things. Like, that's a laundry list of reasons. But very few of those reasons, air quotes, reasons that you give are actually factual, that's an unpopular opinion. And that's where I think like my hesitation at the beginning of this block of, you know, discussion was about unpopular opinion. Those are feelings. They're not necessarily factual. And this is a, this is an uncomfortable one for me too. And this is why I choose to ask myself this question versus trying to make the decision about whether I want to or don't want to in the moment. I ask the question because I've learned too many times by doing exactly what I'm talking about, which is following my feelings versus following the plan and showing up and doing the work even when I don't want to, that when I skip those workouts, I feel a thousand percent worse the next day. And maybe some of you who are listening can relate to this because you've done this and maybe you keep repeating this pattern. And I have found that with myself and with um, my crew, my Run Farther Faster Stronger crew and my one-on-one clients, when I pose this question and inject this into their repertoire, that they're more successful with completing their workouts because they've chosen, actively chosen to either do it or not do it. And they've decided ahead of time what the outcome is going to be. And asking myself that question, how will I feel about this decision tomorrow, really requires me to predict how I'll feel in the future 
And it forces me to actively think about the decision rather than just succumbing to my lizard brain that just wants to stay warm and stay comfy all of the time. And 99.99999 times out of 100, I choose to do the workout because I know that I will feel like shit if I choose to skip it in the moment. So showing up and doing the work, I think is probably one of the hardest things when it comes to any kind of training or any kind of goal achievement, because we just want to get there. We just want to have the finish, you know, achieve the goal, whatever it might be. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about that, that I won't kind of go off on a tangent about because I know the value of the process. And I feel like that's where I try to convince people (laughs) to spend the time and enjoy that time spent. And this is part of it, like showing up and doing the work, which can be highly unsexy, lots of fun sometimes, but also not fun. And you have to make these kinds of decisions. So that's why I want to give you this tip of asking yourself in advance, how will I feel about this decision tomorrow? Okay, so that was tip number two. Tip number three is the last one in the list, but it is certainly not the least important here. And that is don't try to multitask. Now, I used to think that I was an excellent, like expert level, gold star multitasker. (laughs) And in fact, it turns out I'm not. And I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You're not either. (laughs) I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm just like, I'm just calling it like I see it, okay? Multitasking is causing you and me to do subpar work and achieve subpar results. Now, I have tested this every possible way, okay? I have resisted this idea forever, like Sandlot style forever. Hopefully some of you guys know what I'm talking about, but I have resisted this for a long time, thinking that I could do all the things and be really good at all of the things simultaneously. And it is just not the truth. Okay. So I did have to come to the realization that multitasking is causing me to do subpar workouts and subpar work like in my business and receive subpar results. And when I finally flipped that switch and made the decision that I'm going to go all in on doing one thing at a time, it was like, it was amazing. I got so much more done. I felt better about it. And I didn't have any of this like residual guilt. So my definition of multitasking is when it comes to like working out is, you know, when you like head out on a run and you're, you're trying to generate like a list of gift ideas and remember that thing that you forgot to get at the grocery store and whether you know, whether or not you sent that email for the Q4 meeting today while you're out running, right? Like I do this all the time. And the, the trick is to catch yourself doing it in the moment and then redirect that thought, that energy to focus on the objective for the run and just pour everything into that. 
it kind of goes back to tip number one now that I'm thinking about it, thinking about it too, like working the plan and understanding the objective for everyone. It's not just like the plan doesn't just say go out and run four, five miles. The plan is this is a whatever it is, like it's timed intervals, it's a zone two run, it's, you know, a tempo, it's hill repeats, whatever it is. Pour everything into that objective for the run. And then when you're done with the workout, you'll have achieved more. You will have really dedicated time, energy, and effort into that workout. You'll be happier with the outcome. And you'll be happier than if you had tried to split your focus amongst three or four different things. Because the second you devote your brain to trying to think about that list, you're not focused on your pace or your foot placement or your turnover or your arm swing like you're not focused on those things and training is time for you to be focused on the little things the little components of your training that in the long run will pay off to being better endurance more efficient stride you know all of those things so if you're kind of hmm, what's the word or phrase I want here if you're just kind of like muddling through it you're showing up you're doing the work but it's just so half-assed the result is going to be half-assed and again I trust me I don't come to this decision lightly I spent years trying to avoid this and and disprove this theory but I have to I have to admit that this is 100% the truth so my advice is to go all in on your workouts during that dedicated time and remove all the other distractions, right? So if you can, if you can, if you, you know, listen to music or you you listen to a podcast and that helps you to focus on, you know, kind of tuning out the distractions that are around you, that's fine. I get that. I do that pretty frequently, but I don't try to do any sort of like big thinking. I might have a thought and then I will immediately pull out my phone and do what I told you guys about in like two or three episodes ago, my running thoughts episode, where I have this note on my phone, and it's just a list of everything that I think about while I'm out on a run. And I just put it there. I don't really spend time hashing things out or trying to like solve world peace while I'm out running. I just put it in that note. And then I come back here to my office and I think about it. Okay. So Come up with some systems of your own here that will help you to show up and do the work, um, but not to multitask at the same time. All right. And so these three things, right, working the plan, showing up and doing the work and and not multitasking, they're obviously applicable to like almost anything. (laughs) But when it comes to training over the holidays, it's really going to help you to be more efficient, be more present, be more focused, be 100% less stressed because you've devoted your time and energy and effort and focus to the thing in front of you and you've completed that task to the best of your ability and now you can move on to the next thing without feeling guilt or upset or frustrated or stressed because you half-assed anything, okay? So give one or all of these things a try and then hit me back and let me know how it goes. Did you do one, two, or three of them? What were the results? Like, what did you find? And I want to just like encourage you guys that this is a process. Like, I don't necessarily think that 
you're going to be able to implement all three seamlessly, right? All at the same time. Even doing that might be a little bit of multitasking. So just pick one thing, right? Start out with working your plan, making sure that you have the appropriate workout scheduled, that you have the appropriate amount of time scheduled. And that even includes time on the front to get ready, to do your shakedown, to get ready, to put on the appropriate clothes and time on the back end to maybe repeat your shakedown or do a little bit of stretching and, or if you need to do your mobility or your strength work that day, as well as time to shower, change, eat on top of it. And that also sounds really simple and silly, but what happens is we forget and we don't make time for these things. And then we're late, we're rushing, we don't understand why we're behind. It really comes down to sitting down ahead of time. I'm, I'm going to do a whole podcast episode here coming up on you know, how to really effectively plan your time so that training, doesn't even matter if it's ultra training or not, any kind of training, doesn't feel like you don't have enough time. Um, I'm going to share my process for scheduling and making sure I have all the time I need for to do all of the things, okay? So give those a try. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know what you think. If you don't already follow me over on Instagram, please do that. I would love to be friends and see what you're up to. You can find me at find your ultra, or you can shoot me an email and I'll put that in the show notes and just tell me uh, what tip you tried and what the results were. Oh, one more quick thing before you guys go. I have hinted about this fun, new, amazing, cool thing that I'm doing in 2022, and I want to share a little bit with you here now. So I'm going to be launching a new program for women that want to run their very first 50K. If that's you, I have a couple questions. I mean, I always have questions. I always want to know all of the things, but basically I created this super quick survey and it's up on my website. You can go to www.megan-gould.com forward slash 50 K that's M E G H A N dash G O U L D.com forward slash five zero lowercase K. Okay. If you do an uppercase K, it's going to say the website doesn't exist. You want 50K, 50 lowercase K. And what that is, is basically just a quick little survey. I want to know basically what's keeping you from running your first 50K, what are the obstacles, what are the challenges and all that jazz. And when you do that survey, when you kind of give me the behind the scenes of what's holding you back from running your first 50K, I'm going to put you on a super special list that's going to give you the inside scoop and early access to the program once it goes live for sign up. Okay. So again, the website is, or the link is my website forward slash five zero lowercase K. All right. I hope you guys have a fabulous holiday and enjoy this beat and I will see you all soon. Oh, 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 oh,